No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. And today I'm bringing you a conversation I'm very, very excited to have. One of the most exciting YouTubers that has come up on my algorithm in the course of the past few years. We have Bounty Tank in the building. What's going on, man? Pleasure to be here. Very nice to meet you, man. You got a very uh, unique thing going on YouTube. I'm very interested to learn how you got into this position. Definitely. Man. Wow. Well, let's take it back. Let's start. Yeah, we got to start <laughs> all the way back in the beginning. Where Where were you born? All right. Born in Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. And what kind of upbringing would you say you had? Single parent home. Okay. Father just recently came around. See me on the internet. Really? Yeah. One of those situations. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but how did your uh, mom handle it? How many other kids do you have? Uh, I'm the only child. Okay. Yeah, only child. And mom was around a lot, or was mom it? was working. Okay. Mom was a nurse, so she had to work double jobs, right. keep food on the table, keep me in school. So she did her thing, helped raise me. Right. Okay. And so, how would you describe your childhood overall? Was there a bunch of bullshit going on outside? I, I, or? Had, I had a pretty good. I mean, I had a pretty good childhood. I wasn't really. I wasn't in the streets. I had a lot of street friends. I was really deep in the sports, so that kept me out of trouble. Okay. Um, you know, didn't have the greatest relationship with my mom, but I love her. She loves me. Um, I understand um, being an adult now, some of the ways of why she acted today. So, really? But other than that, I didn't have a crazy childhood. So, you were, you were, you had your head screwed on straight? Were you doing good in school too? Oh, yeah. I was a class clown, but I got good grades. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's good because I was the kind of class clown that just got suspended all the time. Oh, shit. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite effect. I cracked jokes, but I got good grades, so the teachers didn't really bother me. Okay. Nice. But so were you, like, scouted as a potential football uh, talent from an early yes, age because yes, you're gigantic? Yes. <laughs> so I played basketball Okay. Um, all the way up to my junior high school, and then I let the coach talk me out of not playing. Really? Anyway, I just focused on football, which ended up good because I got to go to a Division One AA um, college, which is Hampton University, a oh. historical black college. So, right. Um, yeah, it, it, football led me to a college degree. Wow. Okay. And so what was that like, uh, you know, leaving your, your hometown and just being in this new place and all of a sudden you're, are you, are you kind of like almost damn near a celebrity because you're killing it in the football world? No, no? really. I got to college and I was just another number, <laughs> another student <laughs> until I established myself of, of being someone there. Other than that, I was just another kid coming in to play football. So right now what did separate me, which is probably crazy. Um, I went to school for nursing. So I was the first athlete to be in the nursing program. Not athlete. Let me let me take the back. The first football player to actually be in the nursing program and wow. make it through. And I feel like nursing is like eighty percent female. Oh yeah, I got into it for all the right reasons and the wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you got into it to meet girls. I've never heard I'm of not, this. I'm not gonna lie. I got into nursing because it was so many women. Right. And then secondly, I got I got into nursing because it was job security and my mom's was a nurse. So you, yeah, you said that, so yeah. I figured that'd be part of it. No, that's a great idea though because multiple different times. I remember I went to a couple of yoga classes, mm-hmm. and I just realized like. This is where all the girls are. <laughs> I've been doing dude shit my whole fucking life. You know, I'm like hanging out at the skate park or at like uh-huh. rap concerts and stuff. You know, there might be a girl here and there, but it's, uh-huh. it's kind of guy shit. <laughs> yeah, yoga is definitely all mostly female. Yeah. You get a sprinkle of guys. Yeah. yeah. But you're in there. It's like, you know, it would be like a, a chick walking into a prison. <laughs> yeah. You know you what? Know? You're right. Yeah. Scarcity. Yeah. You, you become the fresh meat when you go in there if you're, if you're doing yoga, if you're a guy. So did you start having that experience? You're tall as shit. You're around women all the time in this nursing stuff. Yeah. The girls um, going crazy for you? I was blessed with a good memory, so it got me through college, but I did a lot of crazy shit in school, man. Like I used to be 
messed up taking tests <laughs> and was still ace him. Um, drunk, was you just, mean? Yeah, I used to be drunk. Yeah, I used to be drunk taking tests, yeah, but okay. I, was, I was still always ace him. Um, it was a culture. It was a shock because at that school, the ratio was 13 to 1. Wow. So you never seen the same girl ever. Wow. And then I was an athlete at that. So, I mean, yeah, it was – I had some good times in college, man. Yeah. I lived life. Sounds like it. Were you getting out of control with the partying and stuff, or did you no, keep a, it, a grip on it? Football mm. still kept me in check, so Maybe I wasn't able yeah. to go too far off the wall. Okay. That makes sense. So how, you, you finish in college, and then what do you do? So before I even finished college, I, was, I started doing what I'm doing now in college. Okay. Crazy enough. Yeah. So once I got done with college, I moved back to, back to Cleveland, Ohio, so I could be closer to my daughter. Okay. So you had a daughter at what age? Uh, it was my sophomore year in college, 2021. 20, okay. Yeah, 21. And were you ever really with the mom, or is this kinda... I was not. We were never together. It okay. was a situation. I had summer school, um, biology class. Should have uh, should have went the other way. Right. <laughs> so you're basically co-parenting? Yeah. And that's going okay? Yeah. Um, but I have full custody of my daughter now, me and my wife. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. Amazing. Um, okay. And so how do you first, first get introduced to the concept of being a bounty hunter? So when I was in college and I realized that football was going to be the, the path that I was still going to take out. The and what made you realize that? Well, I just located my shoulder, oh. went to a bunch of tryouts. I mean, it's a lot of politics when it, come in the, when it comes to uh, football mm. and depending on what school you're coming from. So it was, it was a lot. Right. And once I dislocated my shoulder, I just said, forget it. I need to start looking into something else. And at um, a certain point, are you also looking at like NFL level dudes and realizing, holy shit, these guys are really elite maybe this is going to be hard to compete with? Or? No, I, I didn't think like that. You think you I, was, had it? I was an amazing athlete. Really? Oh, yeah, 4-4, four, four, strong. I was I was a beast. Yeah. So I, I wasn't that. It was just the politics into it, man, coming mm. from a small school. And then my senior year, I didn't do what I should have did. I should have had a better senior year. So, right. Okay. Um, you know, I just, I just gave it up. It was a lot of money going into it that I didn't have, training, traveling, going to different combines. So right. I just gave it up. So who introduced you to the bounty hunter thing? Actually, I did. Okay. So at the, there was a point where I was like, what am I going to do? I want to do something that I can still be athletic. I can still not – I don't want to work for somebody. Uh-huh. I don't want to be in a, a cubicle working a nine-to-five. So I was like, hmm, let me look up a marshal. Because they don't really work nine-to-fives. They kind of be – they travel. They kind of make up their own schedule a little bit. But it was a hiring freeze at the time. So okay. I started doing more research. Google bounty hunt popped up. So I'm like – what the fuck is this? Uh-huh. I've heard about it, but what is it? So I did a little bit more uh, research on it, wound up finding somebody in VA that was doing classes. Okay. And took the class, got licensed, and found one bondsman that gave me an opportunity to go find somebody. And I found him that day. Really? And I realized I was just a fucking natural at it. Really? And I loved it. The, the rush was, was just, it's something I can't explain. And you had never considered a career in law enforcement or anything like that? Okay. Just just being a marshal. Right. But not a police officer or anything like that, just a marshal. Yeah. Right. Okay. And so how does this work exactly for people who aren't aware and myself I'm one of them? Like basically if you get sent to to jail, mm-hmm. to get out, you go see a bail bondsman right. and you give them X amount of dollars, usually what? Like a couple thousand or So so let me let me break it down to yeah. you. So I'm a bail bondsman. Right. So in different states, you can either be a bondsman or a bounty hunter. In Ohio, if you get the bail bond license, you automatically can be a bounty hunter. You can go hunt people. All right. So how it works is, say somebody gets 
arrested in jail. Get, gets arrested, took into jail. They get a $10,000 bond, 10,010%. Now, not everybody, especially where I live, the economy is bad. So not everybody can afford to go pay that court a thousand bucks to get out of jail. Right. So what do you do? You call us, a bondsman. We'll finance that 10%, but we got to put that 10,000 up to the court and, you know, guarantee your appearance. So we put, let me make it simple. We write a post-dated check to the court for $10,000. As long as this person goes to court, they will just void it. If that person misses court, you got X amount of days to find them or they cash it and you lose money. So that's that's pretty much how it works. It's a risky business, but we finance that 10%. So instead of them putting a thousand to the court, to us, they would put down, say, maybe half and make payments on it. Right. So you're kind of like the bank and then also the judge. Not the judge, but like you're basically tasked with going out and finding the person Correct. who owes you this money. Yes. It's kind of fascinating to me because it just feels like a wild ass system, like a wild way for this to play out. <laughs> like having been involved with it for all these years, mm-hmm. do you look at it like this is maybe not the way that this that society should be structured? Or do you think like, okay, this is a fair way for it to no, work? I think because you got to think about as far as bondsmen, if, if I wasn't around, there would pe- just be people stuck in jail. Yeah. I'm actually an asset to the community, especially in low economic communities because People don't have money to go straight to the court. Mm. So without us, they're just stuck in there. Right. So I never looked at it as far as that. It's more so it's a need. We need more. Okay. So And how does this go that at one point you were working for somebody else and now you have your own business? So I'm an independent contractor. So I work under Umbrella, which I have my own bounty tank bail bonds. But I work under Umbrella, which is slot bail bonds. Okay. And so... The average person that enters into one of these agreements, it, could it just be any type of person, no, anyone who gets no. thrown in jail or what? As far as them getting out of jail? And far, as far as the, the types of people that you're doing this service for. Because uh, be watching your videos, I've seen dudes who seem like straight up gangbangers. Mm-hmm. And I've seen like, you know, girl, uh, I saw a girl working at a tanning salon. Well, think about this. Anybody can get in trouble. Yeah. You could be a good guy driving down the street. Get pulled over and get thrown in jail for for anything. I mean, it could be some minor, or it could just be at the wrong place at the wrong time. Think right. how many guys get caught up with domestic violence, and they're good people, just a woman lied on them, and right. they're in jail. So you get all types of people. You get good people, white collar. You get the real goons. Yeah, you get a mixture. You get a lot of drug drug addicts. Right, and you get a lot of drug addicts. Yeah, just a mixture. And that's got to be a weird feeling though, because it's your it's in your business to write them to write this check to pay for them to get out even if they are a drug addict and even if you think that they seem completely not trustworthy or do you have to like judge them as being somebody you'd want to work with? No, you got to judge them. I mean, you can't, especially depending on if the bond's bigger. So say you got somebody that's a $100,000 bond. Right. If they never go to court, they don't have anybody to co-sign from that's going to take responsibility for them. So that's an additional step that you yes. sometimes add on to it is somebody else has to co-sign? All defendants have to have a co-signer. Oh. Somebody has to take responsibility for them. So if case they miss, I'm going to call them and say, hey, this person missed. So either you find them or we're going to garnish your wages. I mean, we're going to come after you. So you got to have somebody that takes accountability for the person in jail. Obviously, they're in jail. They just got out. They probably don't have a job to even pay back. What the loan that was given to him. So somebody right. has to take responsibility. So you, so I get arrested. You put up the ten thousand dollars with the post dated check. Then I go on the run, and 
you're hunting me down. At what point does the hunt begin? Where I starts. miss a court date, then the hunt begins? Once you miss that court date and the clerks notify me, they say, hey, Frank, XO miss. You got a certain amount of days to find them or you're going to lose that money. Then the hunt starts. Really? Yeah. And so at that point, because I've seen some of your videos where you're staying up for days. You're, oh, yeah. I don't sleep. You're losing your mind trying to find a person. And sometimes when I'm watching it, it just kind of feels like you're doing the impossible. Like you're <laughs> you're driving around, you're asking random people, "Have you seen this guy?" People are looking at you like, "Fucking no," or maybe I, or whatever. It just it feels like I'm the kind of person who gets so frustrated so easily by that that I could never imagine having to do that, having to hunt somebody down, and just knowing that this whole city or state or this whole part of the country is a whole area they could be in. <laughs> and you don't really have a lot of resources because it's just you. You're not law enforcement. No, I'm not law enforcement. I mean, not everybody can do this job. Right. For one, you have to have amazing patience. Right. I have amazing patience. Like I said, I'm sitting in the car for hours. Well, staying days. up for 40 hours. Staying up for two or three days, not sleeping, pissing in a bottle because I can't get out the car or leave that location. I mean, so it's not meant for everybody. It, it's a special person it takes to do this job. Right. Now, as far as resources, when we do the application, we get basic information about the defendant. Okay. Height, weight, where they live, some references. So we got a, a pretty good idea of a small background piece of them already. Um, I've developed a network of people where – I got a lot of I've made a lot of relationships in the streets. Mm -hmm. So I got a lot of people to help me out. I helped them out and so it helps me out when I'm finding people. It's not as frustrating for me. Because okay, you're working usually within the same area. So you've got connections with all yeah. kinds of people who are involved in grimy shit. So Correct. it's like you have a whole network. Usually is how often is it that you're working to find somebody and it's just a cold case, like nothing to uh, work I mean, on? It happens every now and then. Sometimes you, it's just hard to find a motherfucker, man. I mean, right. I'm going to say maybe two out of ten. It gets super hard. You know, Every maybe every once a couple months I get a super hard one. Right. Where this person is just, they know how to hide. They got resources. They got 67 women in the hood where mm -hmm. they just couch surfing going to house to house and the girls are loyal. So, I mean, it happens. Okay. And so then say that I actually managed to stay in hiding or I take off to fucking Mexico or whatever and, and they cash your check and they take your 10 grand. Are you still looking for me? Yeah, because you can get a remittance. Basically, if I find that person, they'll give you some of your money back. So okay. the hunt will never stop. Really? Yeah. But it's, it becomes a more casual thing where you're not going to spend every day looking for me or what? No, it's not. No, no. Because think about it. If you lost $10,000, it's going to be casual for you to just kind of let it go in the wind. Like, you're going to be trying to find that guy right. to get that money back. But then at the same time, there's so many different things that you could be doing with your time, right? Because there's all these other people that you could be looking for, right? Or well, is there usually like one person that you can focus nah, on? You got to prioritize, though. So right. I might have one guy, you know, just out on a $100,000 bond is one guy on 5000 So you do got to kind of prioritize. Right. You know, so, But, no, that guy that got away is going to get caught at some point. I'm still going to invest a lot of energy in him. So you don't have anybody that owes you a significant amount of money and they're, they've just been gone for years and they managed to kind of get away with it? No. See, it's not so much about the money. See, the money we can go after and we can sue them get that bag garnished their wages. So if they miss court and we lose that money, then, yeah, we got to go back after them so we can get the remittance and get some of it back. Right. Interesting. And so I saw you hunting down this one guy, and it was a $75,000 
bail, oh, yeah. basically. And it seemed like this was maybe one of the most epic hunts you've ever been on, or at least it was at the time. Would you say that? I would say that was probably the hardest person I have to look for. Really? Yeah, he was a meth dealer, and he had he was used to living with nothing. Right. He, actually, excuse me. He wasn't. He was a meth cook. Okay. So he was used to just staying in the woods in the middle of nowhere with little of nothing with him and his dog. So it took me honestly about six, seven months to find this guy. I got down to the last day before we had to pay that money out and I found him. Wow. That's unbelievable because, yeah, I mean, it, it seemed so unlikely that you were going to be able to make any kind of progress in this. So it's like mm -hmm. for six months you're working on the case, but then you got some intelligence that led you to a specific area that you thought he might be in? No, more so I knew the guy that knew, that knew where he was. Okay. And uh, <laughs> I went over there and I had a, I had a conversation, a, a serious conversation, which I'm not going to say exactly what I told him, but I, I scared the shit out of him. Right. To the point where he got a crayon, a piece of paper, and he wrote the directions on there for me. Wow. And so that's within your rights. Yeah. You can scare the shit out of somebody. I'm, I'm not a police officer. But you can't. Uh, are, are you worried that that kind of thing could be construed as, you know, threatening somebody? or that Are the cops looking to crack down on overly aggressive bounty hunters, I guess, is one thing I'm thinking. Oh, of course. Of course. And is, is that a consistent problem? Um. There is for some. Me, I'm big, which people are, a lot of people watch me. I push nonviolence. Right. So I'm big on that aspect. But yeah, there's 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 a lot of people to get in this in this field just to be fucking cowboys. Right. Or ha hold some type of authority. So you do get people that abuse their power, and yeah, the cops got to crack down on them. They lose their licenses. They go to jail. I mean, there's a lot of times that does happen. Yeah. Because that's one thing I noticed with cops is that it feels like a lot of people when you read the youtube comments when you see you know something people getting locked up for crazy ass crimes in terms of rappers and shit there's a lot of people who don't identify with them and look down upon them and want them to have bad things happen to them and so they when they kind of like end up and some of those people become cops because they want to actually you know hey you want to have all the power in the world over every gangbanger in town go take classes for like two months or whatever and then become a cop and then you get to arrest them and do God knows what to them. I mean, a lot of people seem like that that feels like a revenge fantasy for them almost. Yeah, people get into this shit for the wrong reasons, man. If you've been bullied, you got some type of mental problem, you're not stable, mm. not getting this field, man. I mean, people just get into it for the wrong reason. You're right. People get bullied. They feel like they're inadequate in life and they want some type of uh, power. They want some notoriety. They get into this shit. And right. then that's when you get tragic situations to happen where people are getting shot, murdered. I mean, it's just people in here getting the wrong reason. How close have you come to having dire consequences happening to you? Because I see you wearing the bulletproof vest and everything. So I had a situation in Detroit. Okay. I don't know if you know about Detroit, but it's fucking crazy. I heard it's wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's the wild, wild west. Right. So when I first got in this business, I was young. I was looking for a guy. I was in Detroit. And this is where I learned a lot. I thought because I had this badge on that it would protect me and I can move anywhere I wanted to. I quickly realized that motherfuckers don't care if you got a badge on. So you're pulling up to like some terrible I'm area. Like, I'm in the hood. I'm on 8 Mile handing flyers out, guys pull up, they say, hey, when we come back, your ass better be off this fucking corner. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. I'm young, feeling good, got my license. Probably within about 10 minutes, as they said, about 10 minutes, they came back and they started shooting. Wow. And I remember running for my life. And that was the moment I, res I started respecting 
the hood and, and understanding this shit don't mean nothing. It's just a badge. You're just a normal person. There's right. people that don't care about that shit. Right. I mean, the, there's people who shoot at cops. Yeah, you're right. Right. So it was a learning experience, but it's helped navigate me. Okay. Now. So how would you have approached that situation differently, knowing everything you know now? For one, I wouldn't have been out there by myself. Okay. <laughs> Two, I would have just left and right. posted up somewhere else. I mean. But no you got to find this guy. If this is where you think he is, you got to focus in on this But the moment where one. they see me there and they say, hey, man, you need to get right. out this block, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out. I'll just go to the next block. I'll keep it moving. There's no point in sitting there and, and, and fucking bringing in drama. But you, you have know? to have a lot of situational situational awareness too, right? Because oh, you got to be able to tell when somebody tells you get the fuck out of there and that, when that when it's just bullshit and they're you just talking shit, right? When you, You've been doing this as long as I've been doing You know when somebody's for real or not. Right. At that time, I was fresh. I was green. I didn't know. I'm just right. like, fuck you, guy. But now I'll know when someone's serious. That $75,000 situation, this is the other thing I want to ask. When I saw you catch the guy, you, you have like fucking, at one point you had like a squad of like eight different bounty hunters with you. Mm -hmm. How does that work? Do you like hire them to work with you since you're the one who put the money up or what? So, well, when I caught this guy, I had the sheriff's department because they was looking for him too. Right. They couldn't find him. We actually were working together. Right. Um, but usually I got a team. I got my, my two people I roll with. And depending on how dangerous the person is, um, I'll bring more people in. But they're already licensed bill bonds been working. We just kind of work as a team. Okay. So when each other need help, we help each other. Oh, okay. So it's not like you're specifically paying them for their time, or do they get a percentage of this bounty that you're trying no, to get? No, because I don't get paid for it. Right. I got to find these people. So it's more so, like I said, they're bondsmen. Oh, they so they're kind of just helping out because yeah. they would expect you to sort of help them with the same exactly. thing? It's, oh, it exactly. It sounds like a great community. Most yeah. places aren't really like that. Most no, communities aren't like that these days. No, everybody's usually for themselves, but that's how you keep keep it going right? and keep a nice flow going with everybody. And so the sheriffs, like how do you even get in communication with them and are you, are you sharing intelligence with them the whole time? It depends. Um, sometimes, yeah. This particular guy, he was real cool. He was looking for him. I had a lot intel that he didn't have. So I figured working with him was probably better than working just by myself because if I don't find him, again, we're going to lose 75000 So Right. Um, Sometimes we work with cops. Sometimes we don't. A lot of times we don't. Right. Is the general attitude of the cops positive, though, when they see you around or they realize what you're doing? Is it is it usually a pretty positive In relationship? In my city, yes, okay. because they know me and they're used to me. Right. When I go to different cities and they're not they're – not, because not all police departments are even familiar with bounty hunting. Right, because it doesn't exist in every state, right? Exactly. And then on top of that, they don't know our laws. Mm -hmm. So we get in conflict with cops all the time because they're like, you can't do that. But I'm like, we can do this. We work under different laws than you because they can't just go kick a person's door in. Right. They need a warrant. We don't need warrants. See, that is such a crazy thing is that you're basically in a position where sometimes you have to tell the cops that they're wrong, which we all know does not usually work out well. No. Even if they are wrong, they usually do not want to acknowledge that. We And I don't go back and forth. If they're pretty aggressive saying right. you can't do this. I just say, fuck it. Have our attorney fax it over to their law director, and then we go from there. Because you don't want to push it. I'm not trying to sit in jail. Right. Though I could sue afterwards, but I don't want to go sit but in But what gives you the power to go kick somebody's door in? Because when you were looking for that guy, I saw you just went to mm -hmm. a, a woman's house who uh, basically knew where the guy was, right? And you just kick the door in. You go in the house. You're, you're looking around. She's all pissed off, whatever. Is that part of you writing this check is that you have the ability to do all that? So there's two things. For one, we're protected under a federal law called Taylor versus Tainer. That gives us our 
legal right to go in into any dwelling that the the uh, defendant is in, mm-hmm. um, anywhere, any, and no matter how, we can do it. No matter, we can break glass, we can get in there the way we need to. Second, they sign a contract. It basically gives up their rights. Right. Um, so those are two things that basically give us our power to do what we do. The federal law, and then they also sign a contract. Right. Do you get a lot of, like, hatred from people who basically, like, treat you as if you're a cop? There's a lot of anti-cop sentiment in our society. Do you do you deal with that sort of blowback? So, yeah, I do. Um, the hood going to look at you like a police officer. If you got a badge doesn't matter if I'm a bondsman. They group you in one category. Is They call it the dicks. Right. Yeah, that's what they call it. So, um, yeah, there there's people that understand what I do, and there is a difference. Because most, I like I said, I have a lot of street dudes that I'm cool with. I'm the person to be cool with if you live in a criminal life, if you're in the streets. I'm like your attorney. I'm going to get you out of jail. I got people now that I've been doing business with for years. They get in trouble. They call me. I get them out, no problem. And I know I trust them. We develop a relationship. So you think of yourself more like a criminal defendant lawyer than a cop? No, no, I wouldn't say because you're criminal. sort of you're you're offering a service to yeah. people who have been arrested. I'm not, freedom. You're not I'm the freedom. one arresting them, exactly. Even though after the fact, you might be the one essentially arresting exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> I'm providing them freedom, no different from attorneys trying to get them out of their case. That's it. So right. if you're in a life of crime, you want to you get, you get arrested, you want to get out as quick as possible. Right. So if you got a good relationship with your bail bondsman. That's possible. Right. Now, if you don't, you're just going to sit in there. Is your city one that has, like, real serious gang problems, or is it not um, really that type of we city? We have gang problems. Okay. Yeah, we do. We, Cleveland, Akron, there's a lot of gangs. Because when I think about someone doing your job here, uh, wow, it just sounds like it would get real fucking complicated because the gang culture out here is so, you know, sophisticated. There's so many people. There's so – if it would feel like – documenting arresting gang members on your social media would probably be a fucking full pl- a great plan to get killed yeah, uh, yeah. does I that mean, feel like that's like a concern ever or is that is man, it is it just not that kind of place where you have to worry about shit like that this job is dangerous yeah and it comes with a lot especially since i'm out there on, on youtube mm. and i do this shit for real it is a concern i move differently i don't i'm not i move a certain way it's somewhat like I got to move like a a high, a top-end rapper somewhat right. because some people don't like me. There's a lot of people that love me, that love what I do, but there's also that group of people just say, fuck him, I'll do this on that. When I see him, it's going down. So it is a concern, but majority I say I think I'm okay just because I treat people with respect. I'm right. big on that. These people are not going to jail forever. Right. And I see these people out sometimes that I arrested, and they're like, it's cool. Like, hey, what's up, Tank, you know? Because I try to help people, try to give them jobs. Because everybody acts like it's the end of the world when they're getting arrested, and you always seem like you're reminding people, like, it's not that big a deal. She didn't kill somebody. She's going to go in. She's going to do a day or whatever, and then they're going to let her out. It's all good. Which, I mean, the worst arrests that I ever dealt with, I got got locked up for 24 hours, and yes, it definitely (laughs) felt like the end of the world. (laughs) It definitely felt like my life was fucking over because it was so unpleasant. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is really not that bad, right? It's not. But, I mean, at that moment, people are freaking out. Yeah. Especially if it's somebody who's never been in trouble before. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's scary. I mean, it is. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so when did you make – how long were you doing it before you decided to start the YouTube channel? Probably a year. Oh, really? That soon? What year I, did you start doing it? 2012. Okay. I had a plan. From the beginning, you, you thought plan. that this would be great content. I, when I seen – you know, at the time, everybody know who Dog is. Yes. And I seen how they operated, and I knew 
there's a different way to do this. Mm. I want to bring the urban, the cool side to this. And so I had a plan to do what I'm doing now. It was I, I manifested it. Literally. Really? I so you were watching him on TV, and was that part of your motivation to it get was. involved? It was because I knew it was a different way. And our culture never seen somebody like me do something like this. I right. knew I could impact the culture, make a difference, you know. So I, yeah, I had a I had a plan the whole time. What did you not like about Dog's approach? Uh, well, front one, he's racist. Oh, did he had some racist stuff? I yeah, can't he had remember. some racial slurs. I mean, uh, yeah, okay. so um, I'm not gonna say his approach. That's that's the way they did it. Right. I'm not a big super tactical guy. I'm about to be out there with all these sleeves on and gun straps. I'm going to dress like this. When it's time to go, I'm throwing on a, a bulletproof vest and a gun. That's it. The bulletproof vest looks so cool, though. <laughs> it cuts like such a crazy-ass shape like uh, with your body. It gives you this crazy V-taper look. It's badass. It looks like very superhero-ish, yeah, for sure. But you never actually had a bullet hit that thing, right? No, thank God. Thank God. Thank God. God, that would be such a fucking crazy thing thank to live God. through. I wish there was some wood on here. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> knock on leather um okay but so you start the channel and what's it like in the early days like how long are you doing it before it starts to get a following i've been doing this really it just started popping within the last three years right um you gotta understand that i don't want to throw shade on people there's there's a uh, actually i don't give a fuck there's there's other people with channels that do this shit that's fake so Ooh. yeah so when you see my channel isn't where it is because when you see these people doing these videos, it gives people a false reality of what really hunting is. Really? So they always got super action, crazy shit going on. It's like I, a prank. Yeah, it's not like that all the time. It's not. So then you come to my channel, and it's like that first 48 feeling. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit, where's the crazy shit? But I'm showing you the process of how you even catch the person. Yeah. So it really within the past three years, you know, I, I started networking with people and just kept staying consistent with the videos. And then... I got a little hit on the algorithm, um, and things been going up now, so it's still moving. Wow, that's so interesting because you you see that in like the prank space as well that it started out real, and then all of a sudden people realize like, oh, it's so much more efficient right. for me to just fake this shit. And in terms of you know filming uh, arrests or whatever, yeah, it would be super easy to just give somebody fifty bucks Hire and be like, and do that right, stand in front of this fucking trailer park, and I'm gonna chase you through the woods, and we can film it, you know, and but making money. Wow. And I fucking hate it. I'm not going to lie. I'm not, Just because you're serious about your craft and you believe you're doing something good for society? It's kind of like a rapper who really in the streets and somebody's pretending. Right. It pisses you off, man. You know, it's, this is my craft. This is what I do. Yeah. I could die doing this. You and, know? and your videos depend on shit actually happening. Like, you, you probably have to pay the guy following around with the camera on a lot of days where you don't get any footage, right? No, I don't pay anybody. My shit's all real. It's it's okay. this shit is not. No, but I mean the cameraman. You gotta have him oh, yeah. following I mean, you yeah, around. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. and you probably have a lot of days where nothing happens, right? Yeah, some days you just be sitting in the car. Yeah. <laughs> for hours. Right. So they gotta pay him. Yeah. yeah. Damn. So what have you learned about making content and what your audience wants and what actually works on the platform? Wow. I learned you gotta be consistent. Yeah. Um have you Definitely. taken a long breaks so that kind of fucked up your momentum? Yeah, so there was this, there was a time where I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna sell the show, so I just I, I was tired. I wanted to take a little break and see where it went. I took like six months off, mm. and it fucked up the entire algorithm of, of the channel. So it took a while to build it back up. So you got to stay consistent, even if it's 
not even the, the normal content that you put up, you need to be putting something up to stay consistent so people don't lose interest. Right. People lose interest fast. Yeah, definitely. Damn, you were going to sell it to a TV network? I was trying to. I was in the, in the process. Right. And it didn't really seem like it was going to work out? It didn't or? work out at that time. I mean, I'm in the process now of trying to do the same thing. Right. But we'll see. It's interesting, though, because it would be such a different experience. Like, your videos right now feel so real, and as soon as you go with the TV network they're probably going to be like, hey, we don't feel like paying a film crew to hang out with you for days on end. We want to fucking fake some shit. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I f my content is, is amazing. It's it's, it's gripping. It it, it, uh, it brings you in. You get you get stuck on it. I and I wonder if by going the TV route, if you might lose some of that. No. And so? I will not change the authenticness of my content. Right. And I think a lot of networks might be scared of me because I'm so raw and unfiltered. You know? Right. You're getting a different feel, you know. So I'm not going to stay. I will never change because that's why people love me because I'm raw. Right. So I'll never change that. So if I don't mix and match with a network, I just don't. Are you? Do you have to be careful about how you present yourself? Because I, I, I thought of that before. Like, you know, I got a joint right next to me. I'm like, I probably shouldn't smoke this around him. I don't want him to seem implicated <laughs> with any kind of criminal behavior. I don't know if that would ever look bad about, on you or anything like that. No, I'm not the, I'm not a police officer. Right. I'm just a regular person, man. I'm just a bondsman. Right. I'm an insurance agent. But it feels like you having the <laughs> I know, power I know. of a police officer, essentially, that you should in some ways be judged by the same standards. It's 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 such a like interesting part of our society that that is completely yeah. separate, you know? And people, people do. Some Sometimes they do. They be scared to do certain stuff around. I'm like, dude, you can do what you want to do. Right. I smoke the blunt with you. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm just a regular guy. I just have authority to arrest people that skip court on me. I right. mean, that's it. I'm not out here fighting crime. I'm not Batman. Right. Do you have a normal life? Is it hard to have a normal life given yeah. the content slash the hours that are sometimes involved in doing this? I don't have a normal life. I work 24 hours. Really? Yeah. I work on call. Phone call, got to get up and go. Right. So, yeah, it's not really normal. It's hard to plan stuff. So you don't have a wifey at home or anything? I got a wife. Okay. Yeah, she she deals with my shit. Really? <laughs> it's is, not easy. Is Any, that hard for her? Yeah, it's very hard. Yeah. Any woman that has a uh, man that's a bondsman, um, they live a certain lifestyle, man, because you're always on the move constantly. Your phone never stops ringing. Then I hunt a lot, so I'm gone a lot. So, yeah, it's, it's rough. The hunting as well? Yeah. That's a passion of yours? I love it. I love right. It. You eat a lot of the shit that you kill? Nah, not yet. <laughs> what, are you laughing at me? The shit that you kill? That's not okay. I, way to like, say. I, don't, I, don't hunt, I don't hunt the humans and eat them, though. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. No, nah, but it's, it's rough, man. I mean, it is. But you know, you got I, I suck with balance, but I'm trying to get better with it. Right, definitely. Yeah, because like, what kind of stuff is so important that you'll ignore an important call? That's the question. I got to be in the hospital and still on my answer the mm -hmm. phone. You got kids yet? Yeah, I got a daughter. She's fourteen. Damn. Oh, well, I guess that's good. She's like, yeah, so I, it doesn't matter. I answer the phone. I could be in the shower. Phone ring. Got to answer it. Right. It don't matter. Damn. You got to answer this phone. as money call. But a lot of the people, the most successful people I know, are basically like that. I had a uh, a porn uh, agent that I interviewed who told me before the interview. Yo, just so you know, if anyone calls, we're going to have to pause the interview because I pick up my phone every time somebody calls me, no matter yeah. what. Yeah. And sure enough, that happened, and we had to edit it out of him just, like, picking up a call from one of his girls. That's your money calling. You got to answer. So I respect it, man. If I don't pick it up, they'll call somebody else, and they'll pick it up. So mm. Pick my line up. Yeah. So what kind of advertising do you do for your service? Uh, we all over the Internet. Right. Type us in. We pop up number one. We got but, an SEO guy. 
And there's a bunch of competitors uh, locally. Uh, there, there are competitors, but um, thank God, right now we're in a position where we're we're, we're top dog. Right are now. they trying to compete on the YouTube front? No, no one no. tries to compete. With them. You can't compete with this. It's too authentic. Somebody, right. nah, nah. People can try to duplicate, but it, it, won't work. it would be kind of a challenge. It'd be yeah. weird. No, I'm I'm unique, man. Right. How much time you spend in the gym? Uh, I'm in there three, four times a week. Okay. Yeah. Not as much as I, I need to. Were you bigger at one point? Yeah, I was bigger. And I was slim. Right. I was like ripped as fuck. Because carrying that much size when you have to do a lot of running around, it feels like it might be a little bit No, nah, I'm still extra. an athlete. Yeah. yeah. And I like to have girth. If people look at me, <laughs> I want them to uh, second guess doing anything. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. I mean, yeah. some people don't care. I mean, but not everybody's fearless. People look at you and... They think twice when you're a certain size. I mean, it's before. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, and it's like that when you hire a security guard, yeah. where it's like, I've hired security guards that are like, I mean, it's like a 120 pound white guy, but he got a big ass gun on him. So it's like, uh -huh. but then you hire some, some, and they look like you. And it's like, people behave a lot different, even though really, at the end of the day, the fact that this guy's big as fuck doesn't matter because he's going to shoot you. Right, right. You know, it's like, it doesn't really matter. But mm -hmm. if you're going to hire a security guard, it's kind of like, Let's just be real. It's kind of like partially a flex. You gotta look. You gotta look the part, man. You gotta look the part, man. Let's be fine. Think about it, if you see and no disrespect to cops. If you see a fat cop, right, and then you see a cop that's in shape, fat cop tries to wrestle, might dude's probably gonna take off running. Right. Other cop, you might think twice. Like, yeah, he might catch me. Right. But automatically, you see the big cop. You're like, he's not gonna catch me. Mm. It's just. It, uh, it makes you wonder when. When did this guy pass the physical exam? Yeah. And why are they not continuing to do the <laughs> physical exam? I feel like you don't see that many super fat cops now, though. Um, Not as much, but you still see some. But right. it's not as much, though. But I think it'll help the industry more cops in shape anyway. Right. Damn. Um, You got a lot of friends in law enforcement, though. Do you keep close contact with them? Yeah, I got friends uh, just in law enforcement. I keep contact with them every night. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay. Got friends as cops, a couple lawyer friends. Is there any part of you that would ever want to do this job in a different place? Or do you just feel so comfortable in your area that it's you wouldn't want to? Uh, I would do it other places. Think about down south. Right. Like South Carolina, I've hunt down there, and they love bondsmen down there. They really? They treat you with respect. They kind of treat you like they're one of theirs. So I love it down there. So down south, yeah. That was one thing I was interested in, is I'm watching you knock on people's doors to find out where some guy was, and everybody's just talking to you. And it's like, you know... I always had this like assumption that people, oh, people don't like to talk to law enforcement or, you know, you're not technically law enforcement, but that kind of thing. And it feels like that sort of like, maybe it's because these are sort of like trailer park type communities. It's not like going to the hood where you probably would get a lot more like, no, I'm not talking to you. But yeah, people were like very excited to share their information about their fucking neighbor. And you're filming them <laughs> snitch. Well, I don't ever put, see, it ain't too much snitching, but I don't know. The people that really give me the hard info, you will never know. It's not really yeah. snitching because to snitch, you have to be basically involved in the criminal conspiracy. Correct. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, it's kind of socially looked it's down kinda, upon. It's kind of like just like people just talking. You know, you know, right. you got that one nosy neighbor just knows everything. Right. They're just talking. Yeah. I mean, probably never in our history as a culture has like street shit been so popular like especially in rap it's just like constant glorification of like uh you know being in a gang or shooting people or carrying guns etc it is almost kind of unique to talk to somebody who's kind of on the other side of things where clearly these people that you're helping out that you would like to see them change their lives and you're right. you're not involved in glorifying 
bad behavior. Right. Not at all. Um, I'm not going to say, I'm not perfect. I'm not going to say bad behavior, but I'm really against violence. Right. Uh, I'm an artist too. I make music and it, I really down violence. Right. Because you know? um, it's the truth. Music influences the youth. Right. People get in trouble listening to some some gangster rap shit. I mean, let's be honest. You, you're not riding around smoking a blunt like I'm about to go shoot somebody. You're not riding around smoking a blunt, thinking I'm going to shoot somebody. Listening to listen to some listening damn, to country music, to country music, right? So <laughs> maybe somebody is, but let's be real. That's not the average person doing it. Like no. when I'm listening to Lil Durk or King Von, am I going to go shoot somebody? No. But is it maybe getting me into the mentality that I would want to be in if I was going to shoot somebody? Oh, it is. It is. For sure. It is. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and I, I think a lot of rappers don't understand how strong their voice is sometimes. Mm. So. I mean, I can't change the world, but you know, I might be able to touch a couple of people, and if I could do that, I think a lot of even the biggest rappers are addicted to putting that kind of content in their music because they know that the fans love it. I mean, I, I'm with it. If that's your story, and that's how you made it out. But at some point, when you get to a bigger platform, throw some positive shit in there. Yeah, you know what I mean, throw something out there to, to motivate some people. Don't just keep it like that. I mean, you gotta. You go through life, shit should change, or your music should change. You know what I mean? And but they'll be like, I did a toy drive. But then, meanwhile, like every song on the album is, I pull up and spray your block and I shoot your mama and rah rah. <laughs> but I did a toy drive. I'm and you know what's crazy? Some of them won't even let their own kids listen to it. Yeah, right. Which is fucking bizarre. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, listen. I do these interviews, and a lot of times I'll be driving in the car listening to a rapper, thinking, "Oh my god!" Once she, my kids not even two yet, but one day she's gonna understand words, and uh -huh. I'm gonna have to not listen to this shit in front of her. <laughs> Or be willing to do a lot of explaining. Yeah, music, man. I mean, it's it's, it's change. Yeah. You know I mean, I, I hope one day, which it probably won't. You know, things change. I mean, right. it's gonna take that one bold rapper to just change the game around. Yeah, definitely. What 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 kind of shit do you listen to? I listen to a little bit of everything. Okay. I like uh, Lil Wayne's my favorite. I listen to J Cole. Um, he's one of my favorites. For Kendrick, sure. Kendrick. Mm. I like I like more the conscious rappers you know what I mean? but, okay um, but i love i love wayne that's my favorite. right i like game too fuck with game shout out to the game legend that's dope um do you ever uh experience like racism when you're doing this kind of shit because you're oh, in shit. you're in all kinds of like middle of the fucking nowhere places you're marching through there you're seven feet tall you're black you got dreadlocks i it's got to happen right i get man i've experienced racism dealing with the people and the police officers Right. I mean, I come to people's houses. I mean, you gotta kind of be. You kind of. You gotta kind of know where you're going. If I'm going to a rural area where there's no black people. I'm gonna bring a white guy with me. Mm. <laughs> I'm just being honest. Okay. Because yeah, you're gonna get the what do you want, nigga, and all this, and then they're gonna call the cops, and which they're cool with because it's a small community, and the cops are gonna come up, and then it's gonna be a situation. Mm. So yeah, you gotta kind of know your surroundings. And where you're at. But how do you approach that? Somebody's screaming the n-word in your face. Do you like a lot of people would be happy to escalate the situation? Do you, because of what you're doing, you have to just kind of remain cool? Yeah. See, by nature, I'm just I'm always on one. Mm. You probably seen I'm. I'm kind of an asshole because I'm so calm. So I'll let somebody talk and yell, and I just be like, "Why are you yelling?" And it pisses them off to the point where they just shut up. Right. So no, nah, I'm just calm. Just let them let them call me what you want. Right. I'm still gonna come back and kick the door in. I mean, <laughs> no matter how many times you tell me that I am bad because I'm black, mm -hmm. you're not gonna convince me. No. You know that's kind of the whole thing. Is nah. that it's like it might it might feel offensive in the moment, but it's also like 
you know, you got no legs here. Oh, no. $50,000, you can call me whatever you want mm. to call me. I don't care. Right. I've heard worse. But they usually give up at some point, and they, they end up being kind of cool with you in it's the car. Personal. You're helping to make a phone call, et cetera. Yeah, because they know it's not personal, and at the end of the day, it comes down to money. Right. And I always ask them this question. If you loan somebody $10,000, what would you do? Right. And if you're on the streets, you know what happens on the streets. I'm not Ooh, doing that. I'm yeah. just putting you in cuffs. So come on now. Mm. <laughs> when I say that, they usually kind of like, oh, wow, that does make sense because I would do whatever for 10000 Right. What other kind of content have you experimented with? Um, Like I said, I do the music. Um, That's pretty uh, – workout videos. So I do, like, a lot of workout stuff. Right. Um, that's pretty much it, the workout tip and then the music. Um, that's pretty much it. And the fans go crazy for the workout stuff or are they more into the police? They the, like both the, the of them. I got different fans with different stuff. Right. So I just mix them all. Before I used to do workout videos separate and I do the hunt videos and I do like some music stuff. But now I just combine it all. Mm. Just one big reality of my life. You know that one of the biggest gangs out here or like one of the most well-known gangs is the Bounty Hunter Bloods? I did not know And that. so we'll always be like, yeah, he's from Bounty Hunters. Oh, if you were like my friend, like we're consistently a part of our lives and stuff, that would be very confusing to certain people. <laughs> like, is he a Bounty Hunter or is he from <laughs> Bounty Okay, yeah. I got to make sure I don't go by that while I'm out here. I could take you by there. We've, we've actually done a couple different vlogs there, and very, very nice community, even though oh, really? they don't fuck around. The gang culture out here is serious. I know a couple people that hunt out here. It's, it's crazy out here, man. I'll say that I'm very happy to have gone there with the right people. Gotcha. If gotcha. you just showed up without knowing anybody, probably would have been bad. it would be a weird situation <sighs> for everybody involved, yeah. Yeah, L.A. is a beautiful place, but you got to... You got to know how to move out here. Right, yeah. So they have bounty hunters out here. But oh, yeah. what's the tactic, though? Let's say that we're talking about, you know, a project, basically, where you could assume that there's people who are armed in this vicinity. If you know that going into it, what do you do? You wait for them to go to the gas station so you can catch them when they're basically alone? See, me, I'm sneaky. I like to set people up. Right. Quickest way to find somebody is through pussy. Follow the, <laughs> you follow the pussy, you follow the guy. They're always going to be laid over some female. Really? I set them up where they're either by themselves with the female or they're somewhere with some type of female if I can't. Easy. That's usually the way. Catch them with their pants down. Because that's when people will put themselves in the most. That's when they're the most vulnerable. Defenseless situation. So, and these guys can't leave the women alone. So, So say you're trying to get somebody and they're. They're, they're like a drug dealer or whatever. There's a trap house. You know that it's a heavily armed area, that this is a spot where if you pull up, you're basically going to end up in a shootout. Mm-hmm. You you just absolutely are not pulling up. You're going to wait to be able to get them in a much less aggressive yeah. situation. Yeah, I don't have no ego with that. I'm trying to make it home. Mm. I've seen people out with probably 10 people, and they were sitting right there. I was like, this ain't the time or the place. Right. I'll catch them on another time. Right. You got to know. Yeah, you got to be patient. You got to be smart about it. You don't want to cause a shootout in the Chipotle? No, oh, hell no. <laughs> or Toys R Us. Yeah, right. I mean, you can, anywhere. Nah, you gotta you gotta know. Yeah, I've I've seen multiple people out, and they've had people, and I'm like, yeah, right. you got it, buddy. So and they've seen me. <laughs> so you're running up to arrest somebody though, and if you see a gun sticking out of their pants, mm-hmm. that's okay. As soon as they reach for that gun, as soon as they reach for the gun, yeah, it's going down. Yeah, don't reach for the gun. And you haven't got to that point yet. No, I haven't. I've caught tons of people with guns on them, but none of them have ever drew on me. Right, that guy. Yeah. Like okay. I said, I'm cool, so 
But majority of the time when I'm coming at the people, they know I'm coming at them. Right. They know I got camera crews. They they know what's going. So they're, they're cool. They're not like, I'm a kill tank. Right. But, okay, this is the ultimate question. Okay. If in the line of work you have to legally catch a body, is that vlog coming out? Yeah, I'm going home. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to put it out. I don't, I, it's raw. It's You're going to get what you get. Right. I put out my fuck-ups. I think I was sneaking through the window. Phil the window i put it on there right so i'm gonna put it on there yeah. but i mean it's shit it could get complicated you know it like can. the family's mourning yeah. you know but it's gonna get out there anyway yeah if i shoot someone and they die it's going to be in the media right and you blur in the face regardless. yeah i'm a blurred face right i'm not it's gotta be some, savage man some i'm like <laughs> tricky decisions out there dude <laughs> Fuck. Uh, honestly, the police will confiscate the, the footage anyway, and then it's going to get out through the press, so it's going to get Really? Out They're going to leak it? They oh, that's fucked up. They would have to. They Because they know I record, so they're going to say, hey, Frank, where's the information? And right. It, it'll get out there. Oh, that's fucked up. There's no hiding it. If they leak that shit, that's fucked up. They would. <laughs> <laughs> what shooting have you not seen that was on camera, body cam, have you seen that you haven't seen on you know, right. social media? You think the body on. cam thing is a good a good thing for the future of policing? Yeah, I think everybody should have a body cam on at all times. Yeah, now nowadays it seems like if you don't have that, that's just ignorant as fuck because they can do whatever they want, right? It keeps people honest. Right. So, yeah, I think at the moment that they get out, the, that they get a call, it needs to come on. Right. Period. Everybody needs to have one. A couple cops in L.A. got caught uh, playing Pokemon Go on the job what? with the body cameras. <laughs> like Seriously? E years and years after Pokemon Go came out. But that's what they were doing. They were fucking racing wow. around and catching Pokemon <laughs> on the job in like a really bad area. How many did they catch? I have no idea. I think they were chasing a Snorlax, though, so it might have been a worthy cause. I'm going to have to go back and check that one out. Okay, you hear about this PNB Rock situation? I did hear about that. I mean, when, when you hear about something like that, I know this is a very different place than where you're uh, doing your business and where you live. People rolling around with, you know, $50,000 worth of jewelry on and shit like that. I'm assuming that doesn't happen out your way in Ohio too often. Um, Yeah, people do. Here and there? I mean, okay. you got to be smart no matter where you are. There's killers. There's gangs everywhere you go. Right. You got to be smart. I don't tag where I'm at ever. Mm -hmm. And if I when I post it, it's I'm already gone. Right. You know, So you got to just be smart. You got to watch how you move when you a public figure. I mean, you do. No right. Who you are. Definitely. And I mean, yeah, like the... Uh, is people miss that part is that if you want to demonstrate extreme wealth which is what you're doing by having the crazy ass chain you have to take your situation seriously and you're gonna have to you know protect yourself and yeah it's a pain in the ass to call a security guard when you just want to go get fucking a hamburger real quick but it's also an option for you to leave your fucking chain at home right yeah it is i mean then sometimes you get comfortable and you just kind of want to be normal yeah you know probably just want to be normal yeah for a second but i mean you you gotta understand what platform you are, what position, and you gotta move accordingly because stuff like this can happen. It's sad too. Yeah, rest in peace, man. I live sort of comfortable with the notion that, like, if somebody wanted to hurt me, it would be just to humiliate me. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't be for any sort of personal gain because all I got is a fucking debit card and my license. Yeah, got well. Then again, yeah, when you're flashy, when you're showing material yeah. stuff and they got it's different. No one's gonna rock run up, give me a debit card. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel like you give yourself the best chance of avoiding that kind of situation yes, yes. if you just don't flaunt anything like that. But then again, shit, somebody take your car. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it just sucks in today's world that you really can't show what you have. You can't you gotta just stay humble. I mean, it's not saying you're not humble but showing what you got, because most people like me, when I see somebody and they got something really nice, it just motivates me. Mm. I don't feel hate. 
but not everybody feels that way. So, right. I mean, that's just that's just the temperature of the culture right now. Yeah. No, it's a fact. Um, so what are you looking to do outside of the, the YouTube channel? What are the, the frontiers that you could see yourself conquering using this momentum that you have right now? Uh, we'll see. Like I said, I'm trying to sell the show. Um, we'll see if it goes to a major network. But if not, I want to I want to step into um, acting. I want to mm -hmm. get into movies. Um, I really want to get into that. So that's that's kind of like my next endeavor I really want to focus on is I want to start getting into movies. Um, keep pushing my music. It's mm. a different. It's like a different genre of music. Right. I'm actually rapping about. So, think about this. Ice Cube. Today was a good day. Yeah. Great. Or song. any other trap music. They're talking about their day to day life. They had to slide on somebody. Yeah, right. To the ops, all this. I'm talking about. I had to go do this. Kick a door in. I'm talking about my perspective. So you, it sounds like some street stuff, but it's just on the other side. Right. It's a completely different genre. So I'm focusing right. on that also, man. So uh, I, was, I was thinking about that when I was listening to, uh, I think it was Will Smith, summer, summer, summer yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yo, people don't make songs like this anymore. There's so little like purely happy music, but there's so much strife and turmoil. You know, it's hard to make a song that just genuinely speaks on being happy. All the music now is like, it's toxic. Yeah. I mean, it is. I don't know. Maybe people are not as happy as they used to be. Definitely a lot of that. And maybe the incentives are just fucked up by the internet because it used to be that you bought a whole album and that, that album, you know, you listen to it 20 times and now people want to click on a YouTube video and hear you rapping about shooting somebody and the, realistically they're going to then watch a video from the guy you were rapping about yeah. saying that he's going to shoot you and they end up watching videos about all these rappers interact. It stops being about music so much it's more like when I was paying attention to comic books when I was a kid, like you want to be part of this universe and you want to mm -hmm. understand who all these people have beef with. And yeah. it's, it's like yeah. a soap. Uh, it's a musical soap opera. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is, man. Drama. I don't know what it is, but people love drama. And it's extra crazy right now because like realistically a bunch of the biggest rappers from in terms of specifically the NBA young boy, little dark thing. It's like, these are some of the biggest rappers and even some of their associates and the artists associated with them are also very big rappers mm -hmm. and they have this like crazy ass beef that people have died over. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just... A lot of times I feel like it's for for uh, publicity too. Yeah, I mean, definitely like the lyrics and shit are for publicity, but then people get gunned down related to the, you it know? Is. I think it starts off, maybe let's do something for publicity and then it gets real. Yeah. Then they got to follow up. It starts out with all this shit started because one of them was burning a pair of underwear that had the other one's logo on it. That's what it was, really? Yeah, it was like an NBA young boy pair of boxers. Somebody got killed literally over a bunch of people. But like they were burning it in a photo, I think. And then uh, that, like they got sent a box of shit, like boxers from this company. Really, we got to blame Ethica because I'm pretty sure they <laughs> they sent the box of young boy <laughs> underwear. I can't remember exactly who was burning it, but. Wow, that's crazy. I man. hope I didn't fuck that story up, but I'm pretty sure that's it. Um, shit, honestly, I, I appreciate you coming on the channel. It was super fascinating to uh, learn about this line of work. If if somebody was watching this and they were like, I too am 300 pounds and gigantic and ready to fight crime, how would they do what you do? You got to get licensed. I'm I mean, sure they don't it's have to different be 300 pounds. Different. Yeah, it's different in every state. Out here, you got to get licensed. Anywhere you go, you got to get Well, not anywhere. Detroit, you don't need licensed. And Out here, you got to get a license. You don't need a license in Detroit to be a nah, bounty crazy. hunter. Nah, Doesn't that seem like a lot of responsibility? Man, it's crazy. <laughs> right. I feel like you should. Yeah. I mean, even in Ohio, you can get a bail bond license and you can go hunt. And there's no classes for it. People just out here 
hunt and have no type of training. I mean, it's kind of scary. Yeah, that is kind of scary. Do you feel like, you know, they have a lot of these conversations about, like, how we should imprison people, basically. And, like, Chicago is planning on getting ready, rid of cash bail. That's a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, that that's scary, right? Like, people are going to commit murders and get out the next day until they go to trial? They tried to do this the reform in New York, and it, and it was a tragedy. I mean, literally, people were killing people and getting right back out. Right. Crime in Chicago is already fucking terrible. Yeah. Now you got criminals knowing that they can commit a crime and get right back out. Right. It's going to be chaos there, man. It's going to turn to a third world country over there. Damn. They'll change it. They're going to change it fast. One year of that, people are going to start complaining. Crime's going to get up into the good neighborhoods. It's going to get real bad. And all it takes is somebody of importance for something to happen to. Yeah. And then it's going to change. <laughs> it will. It's kind of hard to imagine that they actually think that's a good idea in one of the most violent cities in America. It's blowing my mind. I don't even see the logic in it. You right. Know? You, you're literally telling them they can do something rob somebody, assault them, and get right back out. Right. Where, where's the fear? Yeah. And then it's going to be frustrating for the officers. Think about it. They're going to arrest somebody and they're going to get right back out. Yo, the, the morale for a cop must be so fucking oh, bad man. at this point because you have so many of the public talking shit about you and you feel like you're you're having your every move monitored. When we even talk about the body cam thing, it seems like a reasonable thing, but also it's like, I mean, as a cop, you got to be fucking scared of, of what you do with your power at a certain Definitely. point. Yeah. And, and, and it's a good thing, but it's also, you can imagine it having some negative impact on how Definitely. much they're willing to exert themselves, right? Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, think about if you just arresting somebody and they're getting right back out, it would deter you from even doing your job. Oh, yeah. And you might get people to just say, fuck it, I don't want to be a cop anymore. Right. Then you got to decline an officer. And you need cops, I'm sorry. Yeah. Without structure, there's fucking chaos. Yeah. So you need that. Defund the police, the the most doomed political slogan of all time. At Train a, the cops. At around the time that that came out, I believe that the stat was that uh, 80% of black people said that they wanted the same or more cops in their neighborhood. Because they understand. And this was like basically presented by the media as if all black people were in favor of this. It's a really devious trick. Yeah, it, it, it sucks, man. Yeah. It's a dangerous thing. They should never defund the police. Yeah. There's... Just uh, put them in more training. Yeah. That's it. Cultural civil change. That's it. For sure. Well, my man, keep fighting the good fight. Keep pumping out that it. content. I'm I'm a big fan, and I think Thank that uh, the people probably are excited to learn more about you. And Yes. Yes. I appreciate How long have yeah. you been watching? Maybe a month and a half, two about months ago. When oh, I fr- so you got a bunch of episodes to catch up Oh, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched probably five of them last night, and I was just like, fuck. So, like, did you see the guy that everybody kept tagging you saying that I look like I arrested you? Yeah, there's a guy that oh. looks just like you. <laughs> Dude, every white guy with tattoos gets stuck with oh, that these days. Oh, my God. Or at least so if funny. they're in my world. I feel so, bad for them. I was I was looking at kept tagging. I'm like, oh, God, they don't know I'm about to go talk to them, too. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. For real, man. Bounty Tank. Appreciate you, man. Everybody go subscribe to his channel. Turn this shit up. Uh, No Jumper. Coolest podcast in the world. Check us out on YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, Instagram. Like, comment, subscribe. Nojumper.com if you want to support. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, man.